0: Welcome to That 30s Show, a podcast where we talk about the good, the bad, and the surprising parts of our 30s. I'm G and I'm finally 30. I'm excited to find out if 30 really is the new 20, because if it is, then the best years are yet to come.
1: And I'm David. I'm entering my mid-30s. I used to have no back pain or trouble sleeping, but now I live off a healthy diet of self-help books and dream of being in bed by 10 p.m. every night. Join us each week as we try to figure out together what life in your 30s is all about.
0: Welcome back to That 30s Show. Uh, So today, I don't have a David with me. Uh, He's away. But I am joined by one of my best friends, Alexi. Hi, Alexi welcome to the show
1: um
0: so yeah so today we're it's gonna be a bit of a a girl chat because david's not here how are you feeling today alexi um nervous (laughs) (laughs) me too you and you and me both because this is the first time that david's actually not here for me to do an interview i just realized i did i did a solo episode but I haven't actually interviewed anyone so we can like vibe this out and we'll see how it goes um but so Alexi and I have known each other since grade eight I want to say we didn't go yeah since grade eight so we've been friends for a long time like I don't know I don't even know how many years that is yeah I've lost track Um, (laughs) yeah yeah so we've been through a lot of life stuff and um I wanted to bring Alexi on for a while now because on the show, you know, we talk a lot about how people always have like different life experiences, especially when we go into like our 30s. Some people, you know, we've interviewed people who are like single, living life like me.
1: We interviewed people like me. <laughs>
0: We also interviewed, um, you know, people who are married with kids, like we've interviewed mothers and fathers. And then most recently, like two episodes ago, we interviewed Jonathan, who has been married and divorced. And so, you know, Alexi brings on another unique perspective to this. And so I really wanted to um, hear about her experience because I there's people out there listening that um, can relate in some ways to to you know, her relationship and things like that. Okay, so Alexi, oh, man, where do I begin with this conversation? <laughs> um, so I guess Alexi brings on a, a unique uh, perspective and experience in the sense that, um, you know, Alexi, you were in a long term relationship starting from your early 20s. And then that led into you getting engaged at some point I think it goes like the seven or eight year mark. And then ultimately, you know, deciding to end that engagement. So I think it's like, you know, we want to hear about everything, all the all the details and your (laughs) about your experience. Um, But also, it's just like, I feel like there's so many, like pieces to it. So maybe like to start, do you want to just share a little bit about, like that journey, I guess, or that timeline? So like, what age did you start this relationship how long did you guys date for how long were you engaged for just give us give us the background on this
1: okay so I want to say we started dating uh when I just turned 21 actually so literally just 20s you know early 20s um so we actually started um actually let me backtrack to that we actually met online yes <laughs> so that was like early you were like stages. one of the original people starting like online dating yeah. trend, I remember yeah. yeah it was not a thing yet I think yeah. back then everyone only heard about like e yeah <laughs> and then <laughs> okay cupid <laughs> yeah kind of but we didn't meet on there but you know yeah. uh, anyway so that's how we first met um and then uh, we started dating. So yeah, like that was like summertime when I just turned twenty-one. Um, it was pretty much so it was a long-distance relationship because he was going to school in Kelowna, mm-hmm. and then we're in Vancouver. So I mean, yes, it's only like four or five hours away, but I mean, like we're there's still that distance yeah um so that's pretty much how it started he's a he they were like a year older than me so they were 22 I was 21 so we were both mm-hmm. young <laughs> mm-hmm. um I mean now that I look back at it I actually think that's very young at the time yeah. I felt like that was old <laughs> yeah uh yeah. right like I feel like uh, back then there was this set timeline because my parents married very young They Mm -hmm. had been married when they were like 23. Mm -hmm. So to me, that was like, at the right time, what it felt like meeting this person, because I was like, okay, 21, 22, we'll be together for a little bit, and then move on. (laughs) You know, like with the trajectory that life tells us. (laughs) Um, So we, so overall, the whole relationship was seven and a half years. Uh, we moved in together when, this was actually 2019, end of 2019, so I want to say that was five years and a bit into the relationship. Mm-hmm. So we moved in together first before um, shortly being engaged. So it was about a year after we moved in together and then we got engaged. And then it was another year and a bit, I want to say, before the relationship ended. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the quick timeline. Yeah, that's a timeline, right? Mm -hmm. And
0: I feel like back then, I mean, even though you guys were together for seven years, I feel like because like your early 20s, some of those years almost like, Don't count when you count the amount of time that you spend together. Like I feel like the relationship um, almost feels like it begins once you're in – into your late 20s because that's when you start thinking like seriously um, about like the relationship you know because yeah you're right I mean even back when we were like 21 I feel like the timeline is still so different from today I think today everyone feels like the timelines kind of push back a little bit Um, at least maybe that's how I feel I don't know if it's it's always been that age or it's just that we're in it now and then we're like oh that seems so young Um, but like especially for our parents time like that was like the right time and almost like yeah. old at that point because you're like you're 21 like you should be engaged or whatever like the timelines were just it feels so different back then and then being in a like a long long distance relationship when you're that young like like what was that like was it was it hard or was it I guess you guys saw each other still right pretty often
1: yeah like there was this one period where it was for at least some, um, I want to say four months early on in the relationship where we didn't see each other at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was, I, because it was so early on in the relationship, I didn't think it was that difficult. It didn't really mm-hmm. change much into like my lifestyle because I still got to do what I wanted to do. Yeah. But then I had this one person there, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, but like later on, I guess I realized that that wasn't going to work for me because mm-hmm. I guess I was a, I learned through that that I wanted someone that was present there physically mm-hmm. um it was a different kind of um connection I want to say that i that I wanted, not just like virtually yeah in a way, so <laughs> it like was this yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that wasn't very me like I didn't yeah. like that, yeah. so um. Yeah, so, I mean, I didn't know that at the time. <laughs> Plus, you so, were young.
0: Like, if you asked, like, for example, me now, if I would do a long-distance relationship, I'd be like, no, like, to start out that way, too, because it's like, yeah, well, at least, like, for now, it's things are more fast-tracked, but um, it's, it's hard, I would imagine, right? Because you're not seeing them all the time.
1: Yeah, uh, this was my first serious relationship, really, mm-hmm. because I did have, like, a couple boyfriends. Here and there before him yeah yeah but um this one was my first serious relationship and I didn't even think it was going to be that serious until yeah. I was in it <laughs> <laughs> until seven and a half years later you're like oh that was serious
0: <laughs> yeah pretty much <laughs> yeah so if you uh-huh. had to think back to like the beginning of that relationship and then fast forward to the end I mean I'm I'm going to guess, take a wild guess Mm -hmm. that there was a lot of changes since when you were 21. And then when you were almost, you know, 30. But what were some like major changes that you noticed, both as like an individual, if your changes in like, personality or mindset or anything like that and just the relationship in general I mean there were so many phases that you just talked about right like being together for a little bit then doing the long distance then moving in together and everything like that like did you did you notice any major changes
1: now that I can look back at it Mm -hmm. yes definitely definitely lots of changes yeah and I think it was well, first, I mean, it's individually. As a person, um, I felt like before I was in any type of relationship, I was more of the independent type. Um, so I wasn't used to relying on someone else to do certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, it might be like day-to-day tasks or like just having someone there to support me in, like, in difficult moments. Um, I always thought it was just going to, I would have to do all that for myself. Mm -hmm. But then having someone there was totally different for me in that sense that I had to open up to that. But then I think at some point it became, I became too reliant on -hmm. that other individual Mm -hmm. Um, because I never really had, I never realized like I could that I needed to step back as well and that I couldn't rely on someone mm-hmm. for all of my like wants, needs, et cetera. Like I had to take care of myself too in that yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, so like, I think that was a big thing that I learned from beginning to end. That's a big change for me. Um, yeah. And I only realized that now because I'm not in that anymore, but then mm-hmm. during uh, I, I didn't see it at all. Mm-hmm. Um even such as like uh, seeing my friends was not like that actually declined so much during the span of the relationship and I think it was because it was a lot of focusing on the relationship rather than um, focusing on us as individuals in the relationship Mm -hmm. so I think that was another thing that was kind of like that dwindled unfortunately yeah Um, And then as a relationship in general, too, like in the beginning, I would say we were both young. So we were both so excited to have the experience, to experience new things together, to have that one person to experience all these new things. Mm -hmm. And I felt like near the end, that also kind of dwindled, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. But I think it's because throughout, it's possible that we just ended up growing apart in that sense where our wants and needs change throughout mm. the span of the relationship. Um, so I think that's why. It, yeah. <laughs>
0: it ultimately ended. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, was I, I part mean, of it. yeah, I, I relate to that a lot because like, I also feel like I'm a very independent person. And so like, I definitely relate to like how you were at the beginning. Right. And then what I'm hearing is that it's like, Throughout the relationship, you'd want to have like your own things, like your own interests and like friend groups and things like outside of the relationship. But it sounds like you guys were like very together all the like all the time. And then it kind of just like you wanted to experience things together. But at a certain point, it was like you didn't even have like the individuality aspect of it anymore in the relationship. And then like, you know, without seeing your friends and stuff like that like, like almost a bubble, I guess. Yeah, I say, like, yeah, you
1: were in. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree. Because like, I think um in general, I feel like I was a hard, like romantic on it, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that, oh, the, the main goal is I need to find this one person. And that's gonna be the person that I'm gonna do everything with. And mm-hmm. that's all that's gonna matter. But really, it shouldn't just be that like, mm-hmm. you need to be who you are as well and do what you want to do without having to constantly think about just like the other person like you have to think about yourself and like <laughs> one one
0: track mentality that you have yeah it's like yeah. okay this is and then when, when you're so like convicted in that you're like this is what I'm supposed to be doing this is what it is and like stuff like that you almost like block out everything else and and then also like just being young in general, right? You're just like this is this is where my life is going. This is the track it's going. You don't like step back. But, I mean, hindsight is always twenty twenty, right? Like when you're in a relationship, <laughs> I'm sure it's hard hard yeah. to see. Um, and then especially if you're not seeing like your friends often or other people to like give you that outside perspective.
1: You're yeah. like this is this is it. This is my bubble. Um, I think like what happened too was I was one of the first ones in our like group that got into like yeah. a serious relationship so I didn't really have other friends at the time that I could to, like, relate like to yeah to relate to it confide in etc so then mm-hmm. I thought that oh I just had to just figure it out wing it on my own <laughs> yeah and yeah. then like, you, like when I was the in, way. and then when I was in it like I thought like oh I guess this is just how it is this is mm-hmm. how it's supposed to be, mm-hmm. because it was so early on. Like, and then I guess you know, like they say, like sometimes, like you have those rose-colored glasses on, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's yeah. where I was stuck in that, yeah, that mindset. Yeah. Um, that, like, oh, okay, I guess this is how it's supposed to be. Like, oh yeah, I was good and like really fun in the beginning, and then I guess like you know you get comfortable. That's that's just what it is.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. So you you mentioned that you guys live together for a bit um, and I often hear people say that like you don't really know a person until you start living with them. Uh, I know people like will say like trips going on trips is like a little glimpse of seeing how they are on like a day-to-day basis but do you would you agree with that like is there anything that you saw that were like surprises or observations um when you guys started living together like since your early 20s and then your late 20s I mean not everything like the day-to-day you know if they're messy or clean or whatever but like other things (laughs) she's like I'm gonna scratch off my whole list then um no but it's uh, like
1: anything that you notice when you start like living with someone it would be I think Witnessing what, like the things that they say, like you know, before you move in, Mm -hmm. and then you you constantly if you 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 usually talk about it before you actually start to move in, like oh, how is life gonna be together when we start moving in, and then once you actually move in, and then, I mean, it's you kind of put their word against them, right? You're like, oh, you Mm -hmm. said you would do this, we would do this, or you would be this, yeah, and then you realize like the some of those things were just talk and like not expectations a lot of, versus reality yeah
0: kind of thing right yeah yeah
1: yeah, yeah. unfortunately right mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's it, it's a lot harder than just like when you just seek talk about it because if you've never actually like lived with like another person besides like family it's it's getting used to their habits mannerisms and just like their their presence being there 24 hours Mm -hmm. if it is 24 Mm -hmm. hours like especially during like COVID for example it's you again (laughs) (laughs) yeah and then like trying to figure out ways to still um have your own space in that space together if Mm -hmm. that makes any sense and it's not just like physically but even like um mentally as well Mm -hmm. um so I think like besides all the day-to-day about like oh yeah like they don't wash dishes like right after like oh they like to yeah they like me to nag them a little more before they do things yeah Uh, I think that's like the major thing is like the whole expectation versus reality it's definitely very different and Mm -hmm. I think what makes it more important is like uh, I think the communication aspect needs to get uh, highlighted even more mm-hmm. once you move in together. Uh, if you didn't already have that, um, like beforehand, yeah. And I think that becomes more important, like once you start to when you do move in together, yeah. Um, because it is kind of the
0: day to day stuff that gets added up too, right? Like even though I was yeah. joking about, you know, that's like the day to day stuff, but a lot of those kind of like add up.
1: It does. Yeah. Yeah. Like, now that I'm like, thinking back at it, I think those are just as important as the big things. Mm-hmm. Because it shows that the, uh, your partner is also is showing up, mm-hmm. you know, for what they need to get done as well. Like they can't just rely on the other person for everything like they live at home with their parents. Uh,
0: and I and I really do think that it's like, you know, you're talking about how there's like maybe promises that are made when you move together or like it's all like sweet talk and stuff like that and some of it I feel like is or most of it is probably not intentional but they like that person might actually feel like that that's what they're going to do like they had all these expectations on themselves too and they had Mm -hmm. something in their mind where they're like oh like this is you know especially if it's like moving in together for the first time I would imagine it's like okay I'm gonna do this this and this like I'm moving out for the first time this is what I'm gonna do but then like it ends up falling short once it actually, once they actually move in. So it's like, maybe they even had a picture of what they wanted things to be like, but then it was like, Oh, it ended up. And like you said, just falling because you guys are, have been together for so long. It just kind of was like comfortable in a sense. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, moving, moving forward a little bit, I mean, you got engaged and then your engagement was, did you say it
1: was two years one year yeah I want to say I guess a year and a half so Mm -hmm. um yeah a year and a half and then when it ended um it was it was like four or five months before the actual wedding date the actual wedding (laughs) date yeah
0: yeah yeah (laughs) crazy (laughs) world um yeah I mean did you at any point like feel during the, even the engagement period that it just like, wasn't right for you? Like, did you have any reservations or hesitations going into like moving towards the wedding? I know it may, it ultimately ended, you know, pretty uh, like soon to the wedding, Mm -hmm. but during that time, like what was kind of going through your head?
1: Like beforehand, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So i think like any any girl when you first get engaged like you're you're so excited like yeah. you literally like on the day of or the next day i was like looking for venues for like dress places to get dresses like mm-hmm. photographers videographers like i was like on top of that like yeah. the, the day of the day after etc i was excited of course that was like i felt like i was Waiting for so long to yeah. get this this ring on my finger. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, not there anymore. I mean, I uh, cried. So <laughs> yeah. So like, yeah, I was really excited, and then that actually that excitement turned into stress <laughs> mm. once you actually get into the thick of like planning the wedding, mm-hmm. and then I now. I feel bad saying it but I actually like I think maybe at least six months into the planning mm-hmm. like I I wasn't as excited anymore. Mm-hmm. I <laughs> um, feel that right
0: it's like there's it's a lot it's stressful. Yeah
1: yeah like but now again I, I can only say this now because I'm looking back at it but I think that was already kind of a sign that maybe like I didn't want like a wedding Mm -hmm. um because like it was during COVID when I had to do all this planning so the how big the wedding was going to be kept changing like oh like we were going to have over 100 people but then oh because of COVID restrictions we couldn't have that many people so we constantly had to change the amount of um, like guests that we could have and then the more and more that like it kind of dwindled down to like how many people we could actually have yeah uh more and more I was like I'm more than happy if we just like elope. yeah <laughs> like why do I need this like huge wedding you know yeah, why do uh, I need this- it <laughs> yeah like part of me was like okay like when you look at the finances of a wedding it's mm. it's, it's a lot right Um mm-hmm. uh, I know you've had guests who had weddings Olivia's so. definitely <laughs> talked about that yeah <laughs> yeah Right. so like to me at that point I was like what's the point what why do we need to why do we want to spend all this money for this one day mm-hmm. and then just for the sake of having a wedding and being mar- married married mm-hmm. <laughs> anyways so I mean I mean that's the thought that's the thought that I have now looking back at it mm-hmm. um like during I was just like yeah like I think maybe those were also the thoughts I had, but I never really entertained them mm-hmm. that much mm-hmm. at the time because I was like, well, I said yes, like yeah. to this wedding. Like I can't yeah. say no now. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. cause normally once you get engaged, you it's expected that you're supposed to have a wedding mm-hmm. and then, and then yeah, marriage and then kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like that was yeah. like the trajectory. So then I was just kind of going with it because, At that time, my ex was going to, you know, cover the wedding, and then it Mm -hmm. was because something that his family really wanted to have, and then something that, of course, my family wanted to have for me, because I would say we had very traditional parents, so... I, I just went with it. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, something that um, I've learned about weddings is that it's often about the family. Like, it's, yeah, it's like, this is what your family wants. This is what your family dreamed of. And of course, like, that person has to want it too. But it's like a lot of the times it revolves around family.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, at the end, I think you're at the end of mm-hmm. the. Uh-
0: I don't even know by the the end like I I mean I don't know how much you want to share but you know Mm -hmm. towards the end it's it was um like you know getting to that point where where the engagement ended um I guess like sort of like, what were your feelings during it? What were your, what was kind of your thought process? I mean, did you have any like fears about, you know, judgment or opinions from other people about like the decision to, to end that Mm -hmm. relationship? You know, how, what was your process like thought process like, Yeah, and, and sort of how did you handle it? You know, like you, I mean, obviously you don't have to get into like why or whatever, but it's sort of like, I'm, I'm curious about. That whole um, mentality, kind of at the end of Mm -hmm. end of it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'll say it. Uh, So pretty much, uh, like it was five months before the wedding. um, I found out they cheated on me, and so that event happened. But that honestly was not the only driving factor of why uh, ultimately we chose to part ways um, and why the wedding didn't happen. Um, When it came to actually making that decision, uh, you asked like how I thought, like, you know, like what, what thought process was. Right. Um, I did care at the time about what my family thought Mm -hmm. more than what my friends thought Mm -hmm. at the moment, because, Mm -hmm. and it was my family, not even my immediate family, not even my parents, not my sister or my parents. It was more so my extended family, like my aunts, uncles, those who, um, who aren't even in uh, the vicinity. (laughs) Like, they all are in, like, the Philippines. And um, I cared more about what they thought, in a way, um, Mm -hmm. because if I thought my parents were traditional, they're even more traditional. In my family, so it was me and my sister. I have an older sister. And it always was quite apparent that I was on the correct timeline or trajectory mm. of life um so it almost appeared as if I was like the golden child so mm. like I met this person when I was 21 yeah you know um there they are they were stable they they ended up having a good career um it, they're they're nice you know like they treated yeah. me well um so everyone thought like, okay, so obviously after a while, they're going to get married, have kids, et cetera. So mm-hmm. to me, they I knew that they had that in their minds. And then yeah. the fact that I was going to not no longer be in that trajectory, mm-hmm. it it was more so that factor, I want to yeah. say, that made it difficult for me yeah. like to make the decision of ending it because then if I'm not on that trajectory then who am I or like what are what are yeah. they going to think about me yeah are they going to think that um that I'm no longer a golden child yeah like <laughs> they really put on a yeah. pedestal right yeah so it's kind of like... like unintentionally right and then yeah. I, I did that to myself too because I followed that trajectory, yeah. Yeah. but it was more so it was because it was easy. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, once you're on that path, it was easy. So that's why I, I kept going Yeah, in a way yeah. until I realized that was not going to be it. <laughs> and then, but it's almost like I needed that push off that trajectory to realize it, my, that my wants and needs aren't, any of those mm,
0: <laughs> that mm-hmm. were
1: kind of laid out for me yeah. and I think it was laid out for me by my family in a way so that's yeah. why I cared more about what they thought Yeah. I in hindsight out. do you mm-hmm. still
0: feel like your family was like had put you on onto that pedestal or do you feel like some in some ways like it was it was also you thinking that your family had put you on the pedestal or was it actually your family that put you
1: on the pedestal <laughs> I think it's a combination of both. I yeah. think, like, I can never just put it on them, mm-hmm. but then because we always, it's it's interesting because like we can look back at it now, like just how much like our upbringing really affects how we totally. are today. So mm-hmm. that's why I'm like, I, I would, I like to say it's both. Like, mm-hmm. it's never just going to be me or, or them. Yeah, it's going to be both. Um, yeah. because I guess in a way, like. I didn't want to be the child that my parents scolded because I saw yeah. how they scolded my my, my sister. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like I, my sister, unfortunately, also was part of that. Right, so it's so, like a bit yeah, a bit of
0: a combination. Yeah, Yeah. interesting. So you really thought about like the extended family. And I guess like because your extended family isn't here, like they're not here to kind of witness the day to day. So maybe like to mm-hmm. them, it's like, oh, like it's like this perfect relationship and like you're on the way, you're on your path, you're getting engaged, you're getting married soon. So they don't really know like the ins and outs of everything, whereas maybe like your family does like a little bit more. And mm-hmm. so to them, it would probably like be a real surprise, right? Like, oh my mm-hmm. God, what is this happening?
1: Why is this happening? Yeah, so actually, I mean overall, throughout that whole process, too, I would say I was very private about it. Mm-hmm. and I think that helped just keep I mean, I was really private in the relationship, but I was especially private when it ended. yeah um because I'm not the type to have to announce to the world like, oh it's over yeah (laughs) you know like I I was never that type of person like Instagram post (laughs) or delete everything as soon as possible yeah yeah. um yeah so I was never that type and I think that helped me because then when I was actually ready to Mm. like kind of talk about it more then it was easier to talk (laughs) in
0: general yeah um So what was their reaction
1: to, to everything? (laughs) So they never approached me because they would be too shy to ask me like what happened. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. So honestly it's, so it's almost been, I think it's roughly two years now. Yeah. Two years since the, breakup and I actually recently went to the Philippines end of last year so mm-hmm. they really didn't ask me until then when they saw me in person yeah, yeah. <laughs> so at that point it wasn't fresh anymore so whatever like questions and such that they had it was more like filtered in yeah. a way yeah. because it's like oh mom's past she's good yeah. now <laughs> yeah Yeah. I mean end of the day yes I cared about what they thought but at then they're not the ones who have to live with the decision. So For sure. yeah. I still made the decision that I, that I was comfortable making. Mm-hmm. And I'm honestly very happy with the decision. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You really kind of dealt with it um, by yourself, I guess in a way, because like you didn't really want the outside noise to affect that decision. Um did you think that was uh, sounds like you think that was like the right choice? Like you it was good for you to process everything yourself and not really have family kind of weigh in and everything like that. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, I did talk to family yeah. and I talked to friends, yeah. but they all also approached their conversations with me where they would give a little bit of their, like, thoughts and opinions, but they would, of course, never tell me what I should and shouldn't do. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that was the... I was very lucky that I had that much support and that type of support from my friends and family, Mm -hmm. that they weren't just telling me, like, oh, are you sure? Like, you want to end it? Yeah. They they never approached me that way. Like, it was very... Like it, whatever I decided that they would support me, so whether it was staying or leaving um, they never made me feel like it was I only had to go one direction,
0: mm-hmm.
1: so I think that was that was what helped me a lot yeah well,
0: that's good advice for both people who might be going through that and for the support group that if you have friends who might be in that kind of situation. I guess you've, you've talked about it um, kind of throughout already, but any advice that you would give people who are maybe in a, you know, a similar situation? I mean, even, even if it's not an engagement, but even just like sort of a breakup type of situation, especially when you have um, things that you have to sort out after, right?
1: Yeah, I think a big part is it's okay to be selfish. And I think that was a big one that I had to um, get over because I think during the whole relationship, even during the breakup, I was always still thinking of the other person, like, "Oh, how are they gonna be? How are they gonna react? How is mm-hmm. how's this? How is that for that? Do they have a support system, etc." Because yeah. I mean I, that's hard because like there, for seven and seven and a half years, I was constantly thinking about the other person Mm -hmm. in that manner and then Mm -hmm. so even at the end it was still the same but I just had to remind myself that I had to think about myself this one time because Mm -hmm. I learned that if you don't think about yourself and take care of your own priorities and your needs and um, respecting your own boundaries Mm -hmm. then why would someone else do it so that's why I think with that too, being selfish and also not thinking that because you're on this one path, that that's the only path. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's the big, big thing for me through it all. Um, It's that even though there might be this set trajectory that you think you're on, it doesn't mean that you can't um, deviate from it. And then you could go back on it, but you might deviate a little bit first. So that's yeah. okay that there's, and that there's no, like your timeline is not the same as someone else's timeline. Like, yes, we have a biological like clock as yeah. women, which I hate talking about because yeah. it adds the stress that we don't need, honestly. For sure. For sure. Um but that's a whole different topic. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> after the breakup and everything, what was it like to be single again after being in like an eight since like 21, I guess? And yeah. not having been single since then, like for most of your 20s, um, were you like the, you know, like go crazy, I'm gonna like party every day and I don't care and I don't give an F or were you more like <laughs> introspective, like pondering life, like, I don't know, going on yoga retreats, that kind of thing? Like, what was it? What was it like to do to do that again?
1: It was fun, honestly, (laughs) now that uh, I'm looking back at it. So, I mean, I think coming from all the things I said about being in the relationship, Mm -hmm. once I was out of that relationship, it was important for me to try to figure out who I was without that relationship Mm -hmm. because unfortunately that relationship I said I think like really defined who I was Mm -hmm. and I thought that was me uh like so then like once I was out of it it was like okay who am I who Mm -hmm. who who's still there you know after all of that 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 happened yeah um so it was a lot about um stepping out of my comfort zone and still to this day still doing that mm-hmm. because I felt like in the relationship I was comfortable and I was okay being there mm-hmm. but then after that I was like why mm-hmm. why do I have to be comfortable mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, and you and- were almost mm-hmm.
0: like forced to do that right because you were no longer in this comfortable relationship and then you were back out into like the world again as like a single mm-hmm. person so Like, in a way, it was like, almost you, you had to do that, right?
1: Yeah, because I was already uncomfortable (laughs) being by myself. Because so, so once I, we ended that relationship, I ended up having to, I just moved back with my parents temporarily while the dust settled. Mm -hmm. So then that alone was already kind of uncomfortable for me. (laughs) Because after being like, out, it's hard to go back. moving back in with a family really (laughs) so um I had to find ways to figure out who I wanted to be as well Mm -hmm. um so I think what ended up happening was I just started to say yes to more things because Mm -hmm. I kept catching myself saying no like right away Mm -hmm. to like things like such as going to spin like oh why did I say no so much before and Mm -hmm. then the moment I said yes and I went to that class like Mm -hmm. it was life-changing in a way because I'm like oh I I, why did I say no before like I when I've never even tried it yeah yeah so then like I think that was a big stepping stone um I think what helped too was like when we went to Europe together shortly after the the breakup and traveling being in a new country uh, that just gave me a whole new perspective of the world and life in general that there was Mm -hmm. more to it than what I was in that bubble that I was in and that really just expanded everything for me and that's kind of like just travel in general that really like lit the spark for that and how my my love for it grew more and more like I did a lot of traveling that year
0: <laughs> yeah yeah you yeah. Did. Yeah, I, yeah I was gonna mention the same thing because I you know we went to Europe and like my observation was that you just were so like it felt like you were so like liberated in a way like it was like you were exploring you were having fun and you were just like it was like freedom for you you like let go let loose and just really embrace like that moment and for me it was like it was really cool to see because for the longest time like I had not really witnessed that um you know and so like just being on a trip together and especially being in like Italy and Greece like it was just it was a good time because to see you um oh I don't want to get choked up here okay I know I was <laughs> choking up earlier <laughs> oh man this really is a girl talk session isn't it um yeah but just to see you like so free and so uh like yourself again on that trip was just was really really neat to see and from there like you said, you really discovered your love for things again. Like I feel like you've been trying so many different things um, in the past couple of years and finding like really what what it is that you, you truly enjoy. And then um, like what did you – was there anything that you really wanted to – I guess you talked about that. It's like the, the getting out of your comfort zone kind of thing. But anything else that you sort of focused on during that period after like ending the relationship, like did you – want to be in another relationship again soon after or did you really want to like sort of take your time and um go through life kind of rediscovering yourself in a way
1: my goal was to take my time Mm -hmm. (laughs) um like and I did like I didn't want to rush into a new relationship because I didn't just want it to be like a rebound you know Mm -hmm. like after being in a relationship for so long like I wanted to know how it was like to be single again Mm -hmm. to um go through life by myself um but I guess because of the experiences that I had shortly after the breakup such as like the whole traveling um I think that just helped me like fast forward a little bit be Mm -hmm. like hey I think I'm ready like I'm ready to just meet new people that's how I approached it um yeah and then when I was meeting these people um I wanted to be as authentic as possible
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um, in a way where I didn't have to pretend to be a certain way because you know what? Like I was like, I'm at this age where I can't, I can't play these games anymore. Like um, it's either we're going to click or we're not going to click in a way because like, I mean, that's why I'm thankful for that long-term relationship too, where I learned so much about what, I like and don't like or what I need and don't need in mm-hmm. my future partner um mm-hmm. so I think like in a way that's why when I approached dating like it was more about okay uh, who, who do I want my partner to be like mm-hmm. you know it was more um, clear
0: for you like yeah there's more clarity there
1: yeah yeah exactly like I, I did end up on the apps again (laughs) shortly after different apps but yeah different apps but better apps actually
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know it's really evolved since (laughs)
1: 2013 or whatever yeah so like and in those apps I did end up like I I experimented a little bit and Mm -hmm. like went both like okay like I didn't in my partner that I wanted that I didn't care whether or not they were male or female mm-hmm. so then I was like okay I mean like now is the time to explore that and so I did and then I so I went on dates on but with both mm-hmm. and I learned what I liked and didn't like
0: <laughs> Yeah, yeah yeah you really like I feel like you really put yourself out there like you yeah. just were like had this like effort mentality. It was like, I'm going to try everything. I'm going to see what I like and dislike. I think maybe because you were on that, like one track mindset for so long that you went like (laughs) the opposite way. Like (laughs) opposite, yeah.
1: (laughs) Let it all fly out the window, yeah. And like, you know what? I needed it. Honestly speaking, like I really needed that push Mm -hmm. off of that like mentality that I needed to follow only that one path. Mm-hmm. and it was like you said it was, it was very liberating um mm-hmm. in all aspects yeah really.
0: yeah I wonder for you like do you ever think that because you were on that one track mindset that when it ended it almost like was like made you open your eyes and be like whoa this is I was on this one track and like there are so many other tracks out there it was like a sh- shocking epiphany moment maybe
1: it really was because I honestly never even took the time during that relationship to think about this Mm -hmm. and that Mm -hmm. to me is just a little crazy like oh I never thought of this in like seven and a half years
0: Mm
1: -hmm. like it's it's interesting to me and how I got so fixated and didn't bother thinking about any of this now yeah so like I don't know if it's because of age or it's just because of that experience alone yeah
0: yeah so I mean yeah like you had you had you had that kind of approach and when you were starting to date again you experimented um any like fears or apprehensions go you know like dating both men and women like what what did you discover I guess anything um, that you found out that you didn't really realize or didn't know before I mean I'm sure there's a lot of things Mm
1: -hmm. great question one big thing that always like comes to mind is I always thought someone being nice was a great was this one thing that I needed to have in a partner but I'm like Once dating I was like everybody can be nice everyone's nice (laughs) isn't that crazy yeah everyone can be nice you know so I'm just like you just really set the bar real low there all they have to be is nice (laughs) I know exactly that's why I was like oh I learned that really quickly though Mm -hmm. that was probably after like one or two dates I was like Mm -hmm. oh there's actually a lot of nice people in this world (laughs) I mean there's also not but I mean like there's still a lot of nice people and I just realized like wow yeah my bar was pretty low (laughs) (laughs) and so then like I realized like okay like I got I have a lot that I can work with
0: (laughs) Mm it was interesting Mm -hmm. the differences between dating men and dating women like are there differences
1: I say, I think so. Yeah. Um, I felt like, this is, again, my own personal experience and opinion. Yeah. I feel like when I am out on a date with men, I feel like I still end up having to follow a certain demeanor as a woman. Where, like, I feel like there's still this type of expectations that men may have, um, mm-hmm. how you're supposed to act on a date, for example, or, like, mm-hmm. who's going to ask out who, you know? Like, mm-hmm. those little mm-hmm. things. Like, yeah. I felt like there was still, there was that when you're dating, like, a guy. But when you're dating a girl, it's a little bit different. Yeah, um, interesting. Because, I mean, who who wears the pants then? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, So, it yeah, it was just very different. Like I felt like there were moments that because I it was so new to me that I felt like I had to step up a little bit more rather than when you're talking to a guy, they you you wait for them to step up. Mm -hmm. While if like yeah, if you're both girls, then you're like okay, well, who's gonna do it? Yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) so then I felt like I had to. So then when you were actually out on a date with them, it was almost the same as well Mm -hmm. where there's not as much like expectation because like to me when I first was dating that I was like I guess it's just kind of like going out with a regular like with a friend so Mm -hmm. then I felt like there was less pressure in that sense Mm -hmm. compared to if I was dating out with a guy so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah does that make Mm -hmm. does that make sense yeah
0: Yeah. (laughs) it's almost like a more equal playing field when you're yeah women because you're also a woman. And then with a guy, I mean, undeniably, there's that different kind of dynamic, right? When you're like a guy and a
1: girl. So, yeah. um, Okay. It's like, and like one thing is like, oh, so who's going to pay for the bill? (laughs) Right. (laughs) right. Like it's, it's typical when you're out with a guy that they might offer to, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm always the type to also offer, but Mm -hmm. I mean, like a lot of the times I would say that society expects the guy to pay but then when you're out with another girl then who (laughs) or at least that was my reaction. I'm like who does pay yeah (laughs) I mean I think it was
0: (laughs) yeah exactly I mean I think it was Jono who came on and said that like in those kinds of relationships in like same-sex relationships there isn't that sort of like um the same uh hetero like dynamic that you exhibit in like a male female relationship kind of thing it's um it's like not yeah there's just no dynamic like that where it's like one one person has like a certain expectations put on them and then another person has a different expectation put on them or like the norms I mean whether people want to like admit it or not there is that sort of like expectation or norm Mm -hmm. that is is still there and to some degree um so yeah that is really interesting um any sort of other like perspectives on relationships Uh, like changes on on your perspective on relationships after this like I know you've mentioned quite a few times already right that that you had this one track mindset and like your priorities and your perspectives on a lot of things have changed since then Um, do you still kind of envision the same uh, sort of path uh, now in in your future in your relationship or your future relationships or is it Is it looking a little bit different these days?
1: I'd say it's looking a little different these days. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, just from where we came or where I came from, from like the relationship point of view, um, like marriage, for example. I still understand the importance and significance of being married to someone, Mm -hmm. but... I personally don't think that it's the end all be all kind of mentality Mm -hmm. um I think that you don't necessarily have to be married to someone to be committed to them Mm -hmm. um and or to show your commitment to them like I don't think that that's I think that that's definitely changed for me, the fact that I was engaged and just about to get married. Um, it Because of that, it really just got me thinking like, okay, is this what I really want or need? Do I need it? Like, I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, unless it's really important to my partner and they can help me understand why it's important to them, mm-hmm. um, then I might lean towards still like getting married yeah but it's not necessarily something that I feel that I actually truly need to feel that I'm uh, like successful or like that I've reached it like you mm-hmm. know what I mean like I feel yeah. like sometimes to some people marriage is like a goal yeah. and to me it's not necessarily that anymore mm-hmm. it's just like if it happens it happens but if it doesn't that's okay with me too mm-hmm And the same kind of goes with, like, having kids. Mm -hmm. Because I thought I was going to have kids right after marriage at -hmm. the time. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought, well, my goal at the time was that, oh, I'm going to have one or two kids before I turn 30. Yeah. 30 now. (laughs) (laughs) You're in your 30s, yeah. Yeah, so... I mean that also has changed for me, especially um, being in a same-sex relationship now. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, having kids is definitely a bigger decision. I would mm-hmm. say it's not just like, oh, oops, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> oops, here it is. <laughs> yeah, it's not just right. that anymore. Like, yeah. um so it's definitely something that needs to be well thought out in advance in a way um so yeah like that part has changed for me especially because like I thought again that kids was something that I needed to have but then now thinking about it and also just from being like my sister has two kids now and I've mm-hmm. talked to her about this too. Mm-hmm. And like, I remember um, listening to one of your podcasts, I think it was with David's sister mm-hmm. um, about like, you know, like is this something that you really want or not on like really yeah. making <clears throat> um, it's it's a, it's a big decision. It's not yeah. just like on a whim. So I think that one's changed for me. Well, before I feel like it was a, on the whim kind of decision mm-hmm. um because you felt like so. you had
0: to or because you felt like it was on that path right yeah
1: yeah, yeah. so I think that those are big ones that have changed for me yeah. yeah yeah I mean even joy had said in her
0: podcast that um you know like if you are unsure <laughs> just wait <laughs> because, yeah. yeah like you know p- you know kids will uh kids deserve parents who like really want them and, and um, are, are ready, I guess. Ready mm-hmm. to a certain degree. I know.
1: I was like, um, you can never be ready, ready, yeah. I feel. <laughs> like I've talked to my sister about it and she was yeah. like, Yeah, I mean, ow, she wasn't ready, but here yeah. here she is, two kids later. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, but I guess yeah. it just like the 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 end of that relationship or your past relationship really showed you like really made you like reflective in a sense, mm-hmm. right? Because it was like, Oh, these all these things that I thought I wanted. Maybe were just things that it was an expectation that I, was, that I put on yeah. myself, but wasn't like, yeah. was it really something that I wanted? And like, after seeing, you know, your sister and her kids too, it's just mm-hmm. like, just made you question it a little bit more, I guess. Have your extended family, I guess, and your parents, like, do they see things a little bit differently now too? Or do you still think that they have sort of that mentality of like, a, of like that trajectory? Or are they like looking at you and being like, oh, like, you know, maybe, maybe this is not exactly the, everyone's path, I suppose.
1: That one's a great question, actually, because, um, because I was just recently in the Philippines, like I mentioned, so I actually got to speak to a lot of my extended family. Mm -hmm. And so I could, I think they think (laughs) that I'm still gonna go that same trajectory Mm -hmm. like I don't think they see me deviating from that Mm -hmm. Um, but I've kind of accepted that that that's what they're gonna think Mm -hmm. and that I don't care anymore that that's Mm -hmm. what they think Mm -hmm. Uh, because now that I've experienced what I've experienced and like that I can really reflect on like why they think that I should have that trajectory I feel like sometimes they're kind of um because it's because they hope that their kids are going to go in that trajectory Mm -hmm. so then they think that I should go that trajectory etc but realistically I feel like they're kind of um jaded in that sense like they don't see that these things like experiences change Mm -hmm. a person so Mm -hmm. that it could change the way that they want to approach life. so in a way like when it comes to that like uh, they might support me they might not support me but at the end of the day I don't really care as much anymore like you're okay Um, with that yeah and that's okay like or I feel like they'll accept it later on maybe not right away but again that's Mm -hmm. just with my extended family when it comes to my immediate family though it's a little different for me Mm -hmm. for sure. Um, I do think that, like, my parents are very supportive in the sense that they're happy to see me happy mm-hmm. um, with doing whatever it is that I am doing. Yeah. But um, I think that they still think I'm going to go on that trajectory because I haven't had these conversations with them yet. Right. Um, We're not there yet, or at least with my parents, I'm Mm -hmm. not there yet. Mm -hmm. But I have spoken to my sister and Mm -hmm. like, she understands where I'm coming from. Yeah, And it's it's interesting because this whole experience has actually made me closer with my sister as well, Mm -hmm. because I was able to confide in her through the breakup and even post breakup. Mm -hmm. So I think um, that that was that was good for our relationship yeah um and then when it came to uh, my friends uh, I think through it all um new friendships were formed and I am very grateful for that because if I didn't have these individuals in my life during that time um I don't think I could have got through it the way that I did.
0: I guess maybe a couple more questions, but just like uh, when you started going into dating again, like what were some values or qualities that you were kind of looking for in a new partner? Or did you even have those things? Because like, you know, your, your past relationship didn't work out, but did you go in with a total open mind or did you kind of know what you... Wanted in um, a partner, aside from being nice,
1: <laughs> any, <laughs> any
0: other qualities or values that you think are like were just really important to you as a person when you um, started dating
1: again. I mean, I would say a big thing would be that I I wanted to be with someone who made me feel heard rather Mm -hmm. whether it was through like the small little things and especially the major things like I want to be heard not just them listening like yeah I could be a good listener but then you don't you can not feel heard as well right so I think that was a big part and also that they would be open to like or just being open-minded in general like and non-judgmental I think you can get a vibe off someone pretty quickly, like, yeah. within the first date, right? Like, oh, mm-hmm. and do they have, like, do they say this one thing, but then really they're thinking something else? Like, yeah. you know, like, yeah. you get a vibe. And I think that was a major thing for me, that it had to be non-judgmental, because, like, here I am going to be extremely authentic with them. And so if they accept, like, if you can get a g- gist of them ex- being accepting or not, mm-hmm. then... Mm-hmm either you move on or, you know, yeah. <laughs> or whatever, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, then, it seemed like you were
0: pretty open when you were, like, so did you kind of, like, yeah, were you open in your dating? Like, were you just told them, like, kind of your life story? Or did you kind of, like, suss out the vibes first before you, you kind of got into
1: that? I was actually pretty open. Uh, yeah. I remember being on this date with this one person, and we just – I just started talking about my whole past <laughs> Yeah. and then they did too. And I'm just like, Oh, okay. And yeah. I mean, like, Hey, it was like first date or second date. And then we were already talking about like our past and I'm like, Hey,
0: yeah,
1: I'm fine with that. Like, yeah. as long as they're okay with that, because like, I feel like sometimes like there's this like book or something saying like, you can't talk about this on a first date. But then mm-hmm. I think that book was at the window. <laughs> yeah. And then I learned actually through that date, like, oh, no topic or of conversation is actually like off, like off, off limits. What's Off limits. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, it kind of depends on the person too, right? Sometimes mm-hmm. people are like so open, and they'll like start spilling all of their life to you, and then you can. I mean, I I, I always find that if if the other person is vulnerable then that kind of gives you a window to be vulnerable too, and vice versa like if you can be vulnerable then it gives leaves the door open a little bit for that other person to be vulnerable when you're dating too so um it's just like not wasting time I guess you're just like going yeah, no, right that's, into it
1: yeah that's the exact term actually yeah just mm-hmm. I stayed vulnerable mm-hmm. even though yeah I went through a heartbreak like I think it's still important to know that that's okay <laughs> that that it's okay to still to continue to be vulnerable mm-hmm. uh even when your heart's been broken yeah. because it will heal mm-hmm. um they say time heals all wounds right mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. some faster than others and I think that's that's true and I think, like, that was a major thing for me where, like, where I realized that heartbreak is just one, one of the pains in life, but there is also, like, things that are worse. So, you know what, like, you will get through it, Mm -hmm. like, no matter what.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow, that was... That was so touching. <laughs> I mean, I've definitely seen like everything that you've been through and and like now just how happy you are. And it's just great to see. Right. So it was uh, I think if anything, this this podcast really showed people or, or can teach people that, um, you know, you can go through all these hard things in life. But if you take it as kind of a learning experience and then continue forward with like doing the things that you love, trying new things. Um, You know, a lot of that will heal with time and with people around you and close friends and family. Well, I really want to thank you for coming on today. I know that, um, you know, you, you, got really vulnerable with everyone and that's I really appreciate you for doing that. I mean it's been it's been a while, I guess, since since it happened. So hopefully this episode also gave you a chance to like reflect a little bit about because I, I feel like I a lot of these things I've never asked you before. We never talked about either. Mm-hmm. So um hopefully it was a is a good chance for you to reflect and also just sharing your experience I think a lot of people can relate I mean I've never been through this situation but I can relate to a lot of the things that you ta- you said too about you know being independent and changing that changing when you're in like a relationship and things to think about right um, as you go through the relationship so thank you for coming on and talking thank to you me today. for having me <laughs> Yeah, that was that was fun. It felt kind of therapeutic.
1: <laughs> therapeutic Honestly, too. I thought I thought I was talking to my therapist.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nice, that's what I like to hear. Yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, well, David's not here
0: to do the spiel, so I will say it. If you enjoyed this episode, or if you resonated with um, anything that was talked about today, or if you just had a grand old listen, please share this episode share this podcast with someone um and we would really appreciate a rating or a comment on our podcast uh we as a reminder we are doing bi-weekly podcast now so we are not going to have an episode next week but david will be back for the following episode so until then hope you guys all have a great day great week and um talk next time bye
1: bye (laughs) Ha ha ha